verses 19, 11 through 13. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Good morning, everyone. I want to invite you to open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. It's, it, it, Pam had just read a portion of that text, and, and we're going to be in it a little bit more here in just a few moments. Um, again, I want to thank you for, to, to, for, for coming this morning. I call this the day after message, the day after, uh, because there's something special about all of you. You are here on one of the th- third least attended church services of the year. Um, this is it. You, you, you made it. You made it for, for one of the third least attended church services of the year. And, and so I, I didn't just want to just, I wanted to have a day after message for day after people. And I mean that in a special way, that there's something that, that you decided that you're placing this a priority in your life, that this moment matters. This is the last uh, worship service of 2021. And you are here, you are here as a remnant for it this morning. And so um, because of that, I do also want to, when we have moments like this, I want to do something that we, we can't often do. And we're going to conclude this service just with a time of prayer. It's going to be a time for, your, for you to pray, but it's also going to be a time where I love to have the privilege to pray for you. Um, so uh, if, if, if you would need prayer for anything you know, please, as service concludes, please don't, don't be shy. This is a great day to, just to come forth and receive what the Lord wants to do in your life uh, in 2022 and, and embrace this moment. And so we're going to conclude a, a service this morning with just a brief uh, a time of prayer and an invitation uh, to come and, 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 and to be prayed for as well. And so speaking of that... <clears throat> You know, there's a story of a guy who, who you know, that today and you know, a lot of what today's message is going to be about, about how in today's, well, in, in today's culture, many people are just having a hard time hearing from God and understanding what his, his will is. And at, at a time, you, you know, at the end of a service, a guy actually was, was, was asking for prayer for his hearing. So a guy, a guy named Larry goes to church and listens to the preacher, and after a while, he asked the preacher asked if anyone needs to be prayed over to come forward to the front of the altar. And Larry comes forward and, and gets in line when it's, in, when it's his turn. The preacher asks Larry, what do you want me to pray for you about? And Larry replies, preacher, I need you to pray for my hearing. And the preacher puts one finger in Larry's ear. You know, preachers do weird stuff like that sometimes. I won't do that to you today, I promise, okay? Yeah, one finger inside his ear. And, and places the other hand on top of Larry's head and prays and prays and prays. And after a few minutes, the preacher removes his hand, stands back, and asks Larry, Larry, now how is your hearing? And Larry says, I don't know, Reverend. My hearing's not until next Wednesday, so I have to go to court. And if you. Sometimes we just get these things mixed up, right? And this is what, this is what happens. This is, this, is, this is actually, there's actually a, pan, uh, 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 in, a challenge that I notice in, in many people that I've talked to. 
um, are having issues with three different things, and you might find yourself in one of these um, in one of these categories. <clears throat> There's some people that maybe they have a devotional life, maybe they don't, but nonetheless, their devotional life is not creating expectation, mission, and purpose. Well, yeah, I pray every day, but their devotional life has is, is, is lost something. It's become stale in some ways, and it's no longer creating an expectation for them of what God is going to do in their life, and it's no longer creating a commission or mission and purpose in their life. And others, there's people that just don't know how to pray. As we've been talking about this all year, I feel like, where Many people are coming to prayer, and all prayer is is their long list of worries, all the things that they're worried about, all the things they want God to do for them. And they've done that for so long, it doesn't, doesn't work for them anymore. Now, that's biblical. It's biblical that we cast our cares upon the Lord, but prayer is supposed to be something that's much bigger than just our worries. And finally, I'm noticing that many people have a very, are having a very hard time with, well, a theological word that we use called discernment. Understanding what the Lord wants for them in this season of their life. Now, I say season of their life, but usually discernment is something we apply to a decision that we need to make. Something that we're confused about and praying about and then expecting God to give us an answer some way. And people feeling as if they're not getting that answer. So they go into that process even more confused than when they came in. And so they come out of the process even more confused than when they came in. So I want to help for, for a day after message, for a day after people, a day after remnant. I want to help clarify some things today because I got to believe that you're here today because you are a seeker, that, that this is something, uh, your faith is something that is personal to you. And I would hope that I have your attention uh, when I, when I share, say I want to share some things that will help you in your pursuit of the living God. And I want to tell you, now that I've said that, man, just as I was completing this this morning, um, I was blessed. So I, I feel like this message is really for me, and you guys can just listen if you'd like, okay? I'm just going to kind of talk to myself this morning. And if the Lord speaks anything to you uh, this morning as I'm sharing, then uh, then that is the, the Holy Spirit working in this. So... I want to um, want to get back into First Kings uh, chapter nineteen. Okay, I'm going to read verses nine through eighteen. But before I do that, I want to set this passage up because today is the day after Christmas, and First Kings nineteen is a day after moment for the prophet Elijah. You've heard of the prophet Elijah before. Anybody remember how Elijah died? What? That's right. He didn't die. Pam, Pam passed the trick question. Great job. He got taken up to heaven in a whirlwind. Nice job. Okay. Um, uh, so she, she nailed it. But, so, uh, but Elijah, in 1 Kings 18, Elijah recorded what is one of the biggest events of his ministry that's at least recorded in Scripture. This is the, the point where he challenges uh, all of the prophets of Baal to come forth and and make this, this fire on this altar and, and just prove that Baal was the true God. And, and there's a fan, part of the, the setting for all this is there's a famine going on. And, you know, King Ahab and Jezreel and Jezebel are wicked. And they're the, they're the kings of the, of, uh, at the time. 
Ahab's the king at the time, and they're, they're just they're wicked people. But nonetheless, there's a famine, and many people are suffering. And so part of what's going on is here is like we need to turn our backs. One of the reasons this is happening is because we need to turn our backs on the gods of Baal. And so uh, Elijah just kind of challenges all of them. And many prophets have just been killed at, at this point as well. And he challenges all of them. And he, he has the, the prophets of Baal try to perform a sacrifice. They, they have this altar, and they're, and they're going to wait and see how fire comes on the altar. Okay, well, he lets the prophets of Baal do their thing and dance around and keeps, like, taunting them and, and tell them, okay, I guess God's not hearing you. I guess, you know, Baal's not hearing you. You must need to talk louder. And so long as so he never really gets that, they, they, the fire never gets inflamed. And then Elijah goes and puts, like, four different jars of water on his altar, and he puts a trench around it, and the water overflows into the trench before he prays to the true God to, to bring fire on the altar. And the fire is consumed at that time. Um, everybody kind of bows and realizes who the true God is, and they go and kill all the prophets of Baal. Now, you would imagine, now, the reason I share that story quickly, and there's obviously some details in there, it's a great story to read in 1 Kings chapter 18, but you would imagine that after a moment like that, I mean, if you're a, if you're a, if you're a prophet, if you're, if you're a person of faith, and you would just have a moment like that, like, yeah. I led the people to realize God is the one true God, and, and now everybody's going to know who I am, and, and now life is going to be different, you know? The next thing that Elijah hears after all this is over is Ahab goes back to Jezebel, and basically Jezebel says, yeah, we're going to kill you now. You did all this to the prophets of Baal. See if I don't do to you what you did to the prophets of Baal. And so after Elijah has that experience, doing what God calls him to do, his day after moment is now his life is on the line again. The day after the big event, now, what? I'm still doing, like, I, I'm still doing this ministry for you that I was set out to. And everything I do, I still don't have favor with the people. It's like they're still not listening to me. Everything is still a struggle. We just had this miraculous moment, this big fire kind of moment where everybody saw God's presence. And now my life is still on the line because these wicked people that are, that are ruling our nation. Yeah. Elijah was frustrated. Elijah was confused. Elijah was ready to just to pack it in. Because this is what he says at the beginning of chapter 19. He says, he says while he, he came to a broom bush and sat down under it and prayed that he might die. Sounds like he's in a good mood, right? I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. This is Elijah's day after attitude. So now we're going to read... What takes place in verses, and the Lord begins to wake him up. Uh, the Lord tells him to get up and eat and to get ready to go upon a journey. And then I want to pick up in this verse, verse 9, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. And the Israelites have rejected your covenant torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword and I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. 
Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Same voice that he heard before. (laughs) He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. And the Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. And I'm the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. And when you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram and also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel and anoint Elisha son of Shaphat from Abel Menola. See, even as a pastor, I pronounce some of these wrong to succeed you as a prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Hazael. And Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. Then this last verse I saved, I wanted you to hear this piece. Verse 18, yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word that has been passed on from generation to generation and is now in our hands for this moment. And I pray that we would never take this moment lightly. Because on a day like today, you can, you can speak to our hearts and bring about eternal change because we were listening, because our hearts were soft, because we were not just sitting through a sermon, but we were anticipating the living God to speak to us. And we were anticipating that when we hear his voice, It often expects a response out of us because we were ready in this moment. And so, Lord, may our hearts be open now to hear your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to show you, we're going to unpack this text just a little bit more, and I want to show you three different things that that Elijah did uh, in in this season where he needed to hear from God. And so whether you're in a season right now where you feel like you really need to hear from the Lord or not, at this moment, I'm going to invite you to one. <laughs> because as I shared all the, at the beginning, the things that are true is that people are really having a hard time with discernment. People are really having a, Christians are really having a hard time with prayer. Christians are really having a hard time. And what does this even mean to hear from God without raising your hand. If I would just ask that question, it's one of my favorite questions to ask um, anybody that comes to my office and we're actually talking about something serious. I'll ask the question, how do you hear from God? Because it's true that your relationship with the living God should be that real, that there is a give and take in this relationship. But the answers to that are so sometimes, I mean, there's, there's different answers that I get to that, but, a, a, but one of the most common answers is I don't know if I ever have. And so this is why this piece is important. And how 
And this, was, this is what happens when Elijah is in a season where he needed to hear from God, where he's a season when he was beginning to grumble himself and wanting his life to end. Three things that Elijah did. There's three things we're going to notice. Two things that Elijah did in this text. And, and one that Elijah needed to receive. So we're going to pull out three different things that, that we notice Elijah did in this text. The first thing we see in, in 1 Kings 19, verse 11. Elijah got himself in a position to receive. Our, uh, 1911 says this, The Lord says, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Go out and stand upon the mountain, for the Lord is about to pass by. I don't know if you noticed the sandwich when I read this text, because it was interesting. Elijah said the same things, and the Lord said the same thing before the experience as he did after the experience. Remember he said, well, go back and trace exactly what it was he said. He says, I have been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. Before that, the Lord asked, what are you doing here, Elijah? What I'm getting at is it's the same thing before and after. The difference was the Lord and Elijah in that moment was not ready to receive what the Lord was about to share with him. Elijah, not only did he physically, and this is just the mountaintop was just a physical thing. It's something I think we all read and we understand that like when you're standing upon a mountain, you can see things from a different perspective. This is just kind of a metaphoric visual, but, but Elijah spiritually needed to get himself in a position away from all of his frustrations, away from all the things that he's so you know, upset about, away from all the things that make him angry, uh, away from all the distractions, and just for a moment to get in a place where he can receive. And when he was in a place where he could receive, the Lord began to do some crazy things around him. But the position, we'll talk about that next, but the position that Elijah was in was returning to devotion, to having a moment of prayer where he was ready to give, to make himself available again. Remember, when we're angry, we're bitter, we're frustrated, and people have jaded us in so many ways, we're often not ready to say, yes, Lord, use me. Our attitude is usually, I'm sick of this stuff, and let me just grumble for a little bit longer. But Elijah had to get himself back in a position where he was available to be used of God again. And church, this is why, this is one of many reasons why personal devotion is so important. Regular personal devotion is so important. See, I said this on Christmas Eve, and I've said it many times. There's two times of your day, there's two pieces of your day that you have the most control of. That really, nobody can ever take away from you. It's always your fault if you don't have these two pieces of your day. The first is the first thing as soon as you wake up in the morning. The second is the last thing you do before you go to bed. The rest of your day, good luck. Who knows what will happen, right? But you got control over those first two pieces. 
And in some way, somehow, we must learn to be men and women of God that know how to create a regular devotional life. Because this is so important. Because when I ask that question, um, how does the Lord speak to you? And then, then people, people who would say they don't know how the Lord speaks to them will go into a time and pray about something and ask for the Lord to respond to them. And so here's the problem with these, with these two things. If you don't feel like you hear from God on some kind of a regular basis, how are you expecting to hear from him in the midst of, of the you know, shot in the dark, the big prayer, the big ask? Because they have no context for how the Lord speaks to them on a regular basis. Now, I don't know. I'm not, am I confusing you here? Is this kind of over your head in some way? What I'm trying to say is that the Lord wants to be in a relationship with you where he speaks to you on a regular basis through your devotional life, through understanding his character, through understanding his scripture, the things that govern our life of who God is and who he's called us to be. And if, we're, if we know how to listen, we can allow his words uh, to bring life and application to our souls every day. But there are many who don't do that, and they'll come to the Lord in the midst of a big decision, and he very well may answer you because he's a loving God, and he's no respecter of persons. He does things his way. But my point is I'm seeing so many people confused that God wants, I've been asking the Lord for this, and he's not responding to me. Well, how does he normally respond to you? See, something happens. This is what happened to Elijah in this text. Something happens in the seeking. The seeking. I know we put these two words, ask and seek, knock and the door will open. You, you, know, you know, we hear those three words together, ask, seek, and knock. I'm, I'm separating the two. We know how to ask really well. We've got lots of things to ask God for. We've always got something to pray about. But in the seeking, what I mean by that is just drawing near to the Lord to know more about who he is. To go through that, like the Lord's Prayer that we prayed this morning, that's a litany, but, but also it's a model for our regular prayer life. When we begin with, hallowed be thy name, begin with just simple gratitude, saying thank you for what God has given us, aligning ourselves with his will, asking for forgiveness ourselves of the things that we've fallen short of. If you actually do those things, it's going to take something out of you. It's going to realign you with who you were created to be, and not just what you want. See, because something happens to you in the seeking. Something happens in the seeking that prepares you for the answers from the living God. Because if we're not seeking, what the Lord is about to give us won't even make any sense to us. Imagine, Imagine serving in some way and being walked on walked all over by many different people. If you're not a man or a woman that knows how to go to prayer and ask for forgiveness and forgive them, when he tells you to go speak life into their souls, even though they've, they've taken, you know, taken advantage of you, that's not going to make any sense to you because it's the last thing that you want to do. That's why it's important that we must be men and women that draw, know how to draw near to the living God. Because something happens in the seeking that is much bigger than the asking. In church, the answers often come. Most of our answers that we are looking for 
will often come in the midst of the seeking because we all need a context where we hear from God. We all need an environment. We all need a history. We all need a devotional life that sets the setting for the voice of the Lord to be heard, but most importantly, the character of God to be understood. Gratitude, worship, aligning ourselves with his will. When we do those things, sometimes, you know, we forget, we can forget what it is we were even praying for because his will takes greater trump over all the things that that we wanted so bad. We find ourselves being more about his purposes rather than ours. So if you need the sports analogy, if it's football, you need to make the couple sharp moves to get open. You know, if it's, if it's basket, you know, if it, if it's, if it's, if it's basketball, you know, you need to box out so you can make sure you can get that rebound, get, get that other stuff out of your way. If it's, if it's baseball, you need to get your butt to first base so you can catch the, the ball or you need to get in a position to receive whatever you got to do. Go get yourself in a position to receive. And because devotional life is so important to me, I want to always, I'll always invite this. I've come across this devotional. It's been my favorite one I've ever come across. And, and so uh, if you want this book, it's just called Solo um, by Eugene Peterson. It's got the Bible in a little different version, but it's at the model of Lecto Divina, which allows you to read scripture and pray and reflect and do all of those things all in one. So this kind of devotional takes you to an experience with God if you will let it. It's not just you read something and pat yourself on the back and feel good that you read something, which there's nothing wrong with that. But this kind of forces you to have an experience. Because I, I, wanna, I always want to uh, give you something that will help you, I'm always, I'll, be, I'll be happy to go halvesies on you with this. Okay? I mean, halvesies meaning you pay for it. Half of it, I'll pay for the other half. But what's important is that you do pay something for it because if you don't, it's just a book that my pastor gave me, okay? those sits and collects dust on your shelf. But if you're willing to put an investment in it, uh, uh, then this can be something special for you. So if you'd like to have a copy of Solo, just shoot me a text or, or grab me after service. I've, I've purchased them for people before and be happy to do that for you as well. But we must get ourselves in a position to receive. And secondly... Verses 19, 11, we'll go 11b through 13 here. It says, Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. (laughs) After the earthquake came fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of a cave. The Old Testament's so funny. There's so much, like, big picture metaphors just in this text that it just, it just, just kind of blows my mind when I think about it. So, so, by the way, so if we would hear these things, okay, if we would go to pray and God's about to move and we would hear an earthquake, would we think that that's God? Yeah, have you ever experienced an earthquake before here in Dayton, Ohio? No, me neither. So if you began to pray and an earthquake happened, I think you'd probably think, whoa, what is going on? And then if follow, before the earthquake, there was this strong wind unlike anything you'd ever experienced before. And then after the earthquake, then there'd be this fire as well. I'd think you think God is moving, God is doing something. And then I would ask you, what is he doing? I don't know. 
I don't know, but there's an earthquake, there's a fire, and there's really strong wind. Church, do you know that's what many people all across our country are doing right now? People, we see, we see all these different, all of these changes. That's my second point. I forgot to say. Elijah was not distracted by all the changes. There are so many different changes taking place in our country, in our world today. And many people like to, especially Christians, especially apocalyptic Christians, like to look at all these changes and start saying these are the signs of the times. And who knows they very well could be. But the bigger question is, but what does this mean for you? What is God speaking to you in the middle of all of these things? And, and we'll build crazy, twisted conspiracy theories off of all these changes and off of all these different things that are taking place without any context for our conspiracy theories other than maybe it might be true. And many people are buying into these things today and they're living their lives based off of something they don't know to be true. And that is a very dangerous, very slippery slope, very, for lack of a better word, pathetic way to live. I'm living on something that I don't know whether, you know, I heard this, this, that this is true. I heard this story that this is true. I don't know whether it's true. Now, see, I say that, and I know that faith can sound like something similar for people. But that's not what Hebrews 11.1 1 says. As a man or a woman of God, the Bible says faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. And in the midst of all of these distractions... You know, we act sometimes like we're going to miss a sign or, or this is a sign. But in this text, the Lord spoke to Elijah in a gentle whisper. And what's unique is he really spoke to him in the same way that he did before all of these experiences took place. So the change that needed to happen wasn't God. It was Elijah getting himself back in a place where he was ready to receive again. Now, see, that change could speak to all the different changes that maybe are taking place in your life right now. Maybe relationships are changing. Maybe you feel your body changing and things physically just aren't what they used to be. Maybe, maybe there's just conflict. Maybe there's, there's questions that you have about your employment. Maybe there's just fears or things about the future. There's changes that are taking place in your life, and we can become fixated upon them. But the Lord wants to get you in a place where the real change that is ready to happen is you being prepared to receive what he is ready to speak to you. See, and in this case, the Lord spoke to Elijah in a gentle whisper. Question I've come, I have heard often as a pastor as well is when I get to this point is when someone will say, how do I know that that is not my voice, that gentle whisper that I hear? Now, if I'm in my house, and someone would say my name. I, have, I live with four girls and two, uh, two dogs, two very loud dogs, okay? But if someone, one of those girls would say my name, nine out of ten times I would know which one is my wife, all right? I've become familiar with her voice. Now, this is the same familiarity we can have with the living God. Now, it doesn't come because of the sound, but if you're a man or a woman that has a devotional life, you do have a context. What I mean is you 
have a context for how the Lord speaks to you. You have a context for the kinds of things he says. You have a context for the kinds of things that he is calling you to, the kind of directions he is leading you to. And this comes when we're not distracted by all the changes. So church, I'm inviting you this morning back to something that I personally cannot give you. It comes when you have an intimate, personal relationship with the living God. And finally, in verse 19 and 18, all the way at the bottom of this text, here's what, a, here's what the Lord says to Elijah. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. And before even that passage, the Lord gets really specific um, and telling Elijah what to do, and it's really regarding him passing on his ministry and anointing new leaders. And so what takes place in this text is God renewed his mission, and he showed him the remnant. Elijah's mission would be renewed, but it would also change. He would now, in these last, last few moments of his ministry, he would now get very generative. I've said that word before. I've shared with you, and, and many people as well, that there's just this, this guy named Erickson that discovered that these different phases of life that we go through, that there's something we kind of need to capture at different points in our life. And about the time you reach my age, which is 40 years old, I'll just still be 40, although I'm 41, but 40 years old, if you don't learn how to get generative, that means give back, bless others, empower others, or encourage others, you will lose your mind. <laughs> Because you will be, still be seeking after your own ambitions and after your own things that at some point you realize the reason you're here is to give. And if we haven't captured that at some point in our life, we will begin to lose our mind. And so what's going on in Elijah's phase of life is this is what the Lord is now calling him to. Now go anoint these leaders and begin to pass on what you have been given. And he is renewed in his mission and his purpose and I would ask you as a Christ follower, what is your mission as a Christ follower? Could you write it down in just a few words? See, many of us have a hard time finding out where, where our faith fits into everything else that's going on in our life. But others seem to find this mission. And others seem to find this purpose. I don't. I didn't tell this person I was going to share anything about her today, but I don't think she'll be upset if I do. But uh, um, there's this this wonderful lady that's been coming to our church that we've got to, that we've we've all gotten to know a little bit named Barb Lovedall, and sitting right there and didn't know I was going to talk about her today. But but as as Barb's come, she's realized in this season of her life that she just wants to to give to be present with people in their time of need, and she's been doing this locally. Oh, what's the name of the? the organization you're working with locally, angels? Visiting angels, that's right, okay. I don't know if they're real angels, but they're, they, you are the angel, right? Now, visiting angels and going out and helping people in their time of need, and we had somebody here in our church that just had a major surgery, and Barb was able to say yes to be available to Ann Banks in her moment of recovery. Part of those things kind of happen when you're seeking and saying, Lord, what is it that you want me to do in this season? What is your mission and what is your purpose for me? And I, and 
And to have that, to have that prayer and to be able to consider what is it you're calling me to in this season, in this moment. And see, we can't do that if we're consumed with all the things that aren't right, all the things that we're anxious about, all the things that we're depressed about. If we're so consumed with ourselves, we can't look out the window and say, God, I am available to you. And this is the mode that Elijah had to get into in this text. Because church, the Lord is ready to speak to you and ready to renew your purpose if you are ready to receive and ready to listen. And the most beautiful thing that the Lord did to Elijah, I think, in this piece that was so encouraging is he showed him the remnant. He said, yeah, I know you don't see all other people. I know on the day after Christmas, there's not a lot of people in church. But I want to show you those who are who are eager to do the work of the Lord, who are eager to pursue his will and pursue his kingdom. And I want to show you people, I know you're excited about this. I want to connect you with others that are excited about this too. And I want you to know that you're not alone. It feels like that sometimes, but I want to show you that you're not alone. And so maybe that's, maybe that's you. Maybe there's something that, that, that if you get excited about, that others will join you and others will begin to follow. Maybe maybe there's a need that you know is not getting met and the Lord has laid that burden upon you and it could be your role to step in and fill. There's something that we're waiting for you to get excited about so that others will follow. So I want you to just begin to play that track uh, for me, Chris, that uh, Come Again song. We'll just play it quietly. Here is as we uh, prepare. But we want to, as we talked about these three key things, getting ourselves in a position to receive, getting ourselves, getting ourselves in a position to receive, getting ourselves to not be so distracted by all the changes that are taking place, and to have our mission renewed. I want to encourage you right now, just all across the church, just to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a few moments. Just for a few moments as we conclude service, we are going to turn this church just into a place of seeking. And if if you're the kind of person you just need to get up, maybe you got a lot of people around you and you want to get up and go to another pew, you want to get on your knees, or you even want to come forward to the altar, if you need to get up and move, I want to invite you to do that. We're just going to take... Uh, just a few moments and just pray right, right where we're seated, wherever you need to do, and have this moment of seeking. Have this moment of returning to devotion. Have this moment of, uh, of learning again to hear that gentle, small, that still whisper. And as we're turning this into an environment of prayer, I w- it would be my, my privilege, my honor to pray with you if you would be in need of prayer this morning. So I'm here with some anointing oil this morning. If there's something I can pray with you about, I'd love to invite you to come forward. And if there's some of you just, you're not able to come forward, just lift up your hand. I'm happy to come to you and pray. But there is something about taking a step forward and taking a step out of where we're at and say, yes, Lord, I'm coming after you. I have made myself and getting ourselves in a position to seek, making ourselves available. So it's going to take a few moments and just have an atmosphere of prayer as we conclude service. If you would be in need of prayer, Lift up your hand or invite you, I want to invite you to come forward, okay?
Listen to this last line of this song. It's not a building you want to fill. It's my heart. This empty space is what you wanted all along. It's not a building you want to fill. It's my heart. This empty space is what you wanted all along bring that down just a little bit. They wrote that at the time of COVID when they were doing services with nobody in the building. And it's the same message really as what we, we shared today with Elijah. That, that Elijah just had this big moment, you know, and that maybe all, all of Israel would know that God is the true God. And, but the Lord wanted his attention. I'm speaking to you, Elijah. This empty space, the place where we make ourselves available, place where we, we push aside distractions and let the living God speak to us again. So can we return to devotion as we conclude this year? Can we, we pull away from all of these distractions because the Lord is ready. The Lord is ready to renew your mission, renew your purpose. And most importantly, as a church in 2022, show you the remnant of people that are ready and eager to serve as well. Let me pray for you as we conclude today. Lord, thank you for each and every one that has come this morning. But most, and thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that your, your word reminds us that our work on earth is not finished. That as long as we have breath in our body, you have a mission and purpose for us. There's not anyone in this room that any man or woman of God could ever say, God's put me on the shelf. No, today is the day to serve you. Today is the day to say yes to the voice of the Lord. Today is the day to forgive. Today is the day to heal. Today is the day to have joy again where anxiety and depression have ruled. Today is the day to be grateful for what we have been given. So, Lord, thank you for warming our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us of who we are. And for each and every one here, may they be anointed for 2022 and renew their mission and purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to invite you to stand for your benediction this morning. May you get yourself in a position to receive the word of God. And not be distracted by all the changes that are taking place in your life and the world around you. And be renewed in mission and purpose as a child of God. God bless you and have a wonderful week. When I don't have enough, you love me. When I don't have anything else to lean on.